It's time now for Practical Faith with Pastor Nick Cash. In Practical Faith, Nick gives five minutes of fuel for following Jesus in your everyday life. On the previous episode of Practical Faith, we discussed our favorite hymns and songs of worship. And what about those songs make them our favorites? Is it the beat, the feel, is it their melody? But most of all, is it the words, the message of the song? Is it that that perfectly expresses our own hearts of of love and thankfulness towards the goodness and graciousness of God? One popular song of worship from ancient Jewish times appears in Psalm 136. If you read this psalm, you'll see that it's a song of call and response. This was, and it continues to be, a very popular form of songwriting among many cultures. If you imagine an environment where there's no songbook, no hymnal, no overhead projector, no giant TV screens, most of the world for most of history has worshiped God without these accessories. And when you don't have these things, when you don't have a songbook or a projector screen to look at and follow, the words to the song must be easy enough to be learned quickly and then repeated. Our years in Africa taught us that many songs sung in African worship involve a leader or a choir who will sing out a series of lines and then the congregation will respond back or or repeat back a refrain after each line. Well, this is the structure that we see in the Jewish psalm of worship number 136. A choir or a worship leader would sing out a line of praise to God, and then all the gathered people there in the congregation would echo out the refrain, His love endures forever. So let's try that together with the first few verses of Psalm 136. So verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Verse 2, Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. And so you can start to get the feel for how this psalm goes. Now, as I read this entire psalm and I focus on the lines that the worship leader says, the first half of each verse, not the second part, the his love endures forever part, but just the first half of each line, I start to notice some things about what the worship leader is saying. So, for instance, in the first half of verses 1 through 4, the worship leader calls out, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders. These are all grand, sweeping statements about the character of God. Anyone from any place during any time could make these statements about God. These are eternal truths about God's nature, and he's worthy to be praised forever for them. In the first halves of verses 4 through 9, the worship leader says, "...to him alone who does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights." the sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night. Again, the worship leader is stating grand, broad truths about what God has done for all of mankind. These are aspects of God that all humanity benefits from universally. We can all praise him for these things, no matter where we are from or what century we live in. Then the worship leader goes on in verse 10 to say, "...to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt." Now, at this moment, at this point in the song, the song leader gets more specific. This doesn't sound like a worship song for Egyptian believers. Uh, Listen to the first halves of verses 10 through 12. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Now, this portion of the psalm is for a particular people who experienced a particular miracle and blessing and deliverance directly from the hand of the Lord. 
Have you ever experienced a miracle or a blessing or a deliverance directly from the Lord's hand? If you were to put your own experience into a song of worship to God, what what kinds of things would you want to say? What kinds of blessings or deliverances or provisions from God would you want to commemorate in your song? Well, that's what the writer of Psalm 136 did. And that's what songwriters and worship leaders do today. They write their experiences of God's goodness into songs that can be shared and remembered. In the next episode of Practical Faith, we will engage our imaginations around our own unique experiences of God's grace and goodness in our lives, and maybe even begin to write a poem or a song to start to express our own thankfulness and love to Him. Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Faith. Access more free resources on how to integrate Christian faith into your everyday life at LikeTreesPlanted.com.